Edmund is your brother. Oh, he's a twat. We are family. You may carve him about as you wish at home, but in the world, we must defend our own. It was funny. Do you think Rhaenyra's sons will be your playthings forever? As things stand, Rhaenyra will ascend the throne and Jocera's Targaryen will be her heir. So? Oh, you are nearly a man grown. How is it that you can be so short-sighted? If Rhaenyra comes into power, your very life could be forfeit. Aemon's as well. She can move to cut off any challenge to her succession. Then I won't. You are the challenge! You are the challenge, Egon! Simply by living and breathing! You are the king's firstborn son. And what they know, what everyone in the realm knows, in their blood and in their bones, is that one day you will be our king. Rhode Island, welcome to the House of the Dragon with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the House of the Dragon on HBO. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about fire and blood. Everybody and welcome back. My name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I know one thing when I go around the Red Keep. Stay away from Egan's window. Oh my goodness. I, whatever you, there should be a piece of caution tape around that. <laughs> piece of caution tape. Just figure that out. <laughs> that is the same window that a little Lannister walked out of. Yes, exactly. So just no matter or what, just stay away from that window. Bodies or bodily <laughs> fluids. <laughs> just who knows? Hmm. Who knows if you're going to get slimed one way or the other? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Well, everybody, we are so thankful for you to be joining us here. Um, we want to remind you that Blake and I are also podcasting about Rings of Power that may or may not excite you. You might be like, yay, or you'd be like, oh, my gosh, really, guys? Yes. Yes, we are. So you can look for that in your podcast app of choice, but you can actually find all of our podcast episodes simply by going to maryandblake.com. And we do have a Facebook group that we want to invite you to so you can hang out and nerd out with other friends of the House of the Dragon. And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things beauty and skincare. And if you yourself are looking for a new mascara, you can go to MinuteWithMary.com slash discount to grab my favorite mascara at 15% off. Uh, this is an excellent gift. So maybe you yourself are not a mascara wearer, but you want to gift a loved one who does wear makeup some mascara. Hey, I'll, I'll give it to you 15% off. Minutewithmary.com slash discount. All right, Marvin, what do you got for the episode re- mini plot recap for 106? All right. So this is the time jump episode. Ten years approximately have passed. Renera has three sons, um, and all of them <laughs> have really dark hair and fair skin. So Viserys, being a sweet dad, he does not want to hear that this could potentially not be um, a, a children born out of the marriage. But Alicent is like dead set on making sure that everyone knows this is Harwin's sons, of course. Um, Alicent does what she tells tells Aegon, Damon, and Lyanna uh, go, and they have a great dragon ride thing, but sadly, Lyanna dies because of childbirth. And Sir Kristen figures it out that it is Sir Harwin. Sir Harwin gets killed by his brother, Lyris, and um, Rhaenyra says, peace out, Cub Scouts. 
we're leaving. We're leaving this joint. <laughs> we're just going to go to Dragonstone. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye. This place sucks. <laughs> well, episode 106, entitled The Princess and the Queen, directed by Miguel Sapochnik. You should know that name as a House of the Dragon fan because he's the co-showrunner of season one of House of the Dragon and one of the primary directors for the later seasons of Game of Thrones. As such, he has directed The Heirs of the Dragon and also The King of the Narrow Sea. And the writer was Sarah Hess. Now, this is a relatively uh, newer name in the Game of Thrones world, but still, nonetheless, uh, somewhat of a, well, not actually a very talented writer, but um, a, a relatively big name outside of the Game of Thrones sphere. She served as a writer on the show Deadwood, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. If you have not seen Deadwood, go straight to HBO Max. Look, right now, hit pause. Hit pause, yes. Go watch Deadwood. I thought you were asking me, and I was like, buddy, I don't have a pause button. <laughs> no, I'm speaking to the listener, my, okay. my love, because Figure Deadwood, is, Deadwood is amazing. And uh, so she was a writer on Deadwood. She also uh, served as a writer on the show House as well. And... A writer on Orange is the New Black on Netflix. This is her first episode for House of the Dragon, and it looks like she's going to have another one as well. Marvin. Yeah. Your Flames rating. Giving this a 4.8. This is my favorite episode so far. Really? Yep. I am shocked by this decision. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 4.5. I liked this episode. By all accounts, it should not work whatsoever, in my estimation, because of the switch that we have. And we'll talk about that. But it does in many ways. So four or five for me, not my favorite episode so far. But again, I see where we're going and I like it. So that is that. Your GBG. What is your good? What is your bad? And what is your great? Oh my goodness. I know she's dead. And probably my dad's going to say his new favorite character was... Guaranteed. Was Leanna. Lena. <laughs> Lena. <laughs> I killed my new favorite character. Like, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. But she's my good. Really? She is my good. Why is she your good? I absolutely thought that this actress crushed it. This being a character that has now been um is this the same one from the wedding or did they recast same one. okay no no i'm sorry i apologize the actress is different yeah it's the same character yeah okay so lena has been recast two three, times three times there's been three of her yeah so there yeah, good point sorry yeah you're right yeah so she has she was super young yes hey let's get married as long as i don't bet you before i'm 14 <laughs> you know or <laughs> yeah. whatever it was then there was the one at the wedding yes sorry about your dead wife <laughs> <laughs> and now this one yes and i absolutely love how i have believed that it's been her every single time sure. uh she has kept her strength and her sassiness mm-hmm. Since even being that young child who was willing to get married, yeah. um, I loved her caring for her children, how she spoke to Damon. Um, I think that she was just such a strong, awesome, badass woman riding the largest dragon. Um, and then even making sure she got the dragon rider's death. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Kick ass. <laughs> uh, my bad. Birth sucks. And you want to know something? House of the Dragon is not shy about letting you know. Oh, yeah. Okay? Thank goodness for modern medicine and C-sections. Not great, Bob. I could have watched this show if I was pregnant. I don't think I could have watched this show before I had children and still wanted to have children. Mm -hmm. Because they are showing you how rough it is for anyone who had no idea that yes your body still has contractions after you give birth to a baby Mm -hmm. because you still have to push out the placenta aka the afterbirth afterbirth. and then even after the afterbirth you still have contractions for days (laughs) you know I loved how uh, Lena was just like oh what's wrong as as Renera's at the bottom of the stairs buddy I've given birth now fully three times (laughs) I'm still actively having contractions 
All right. So, yeah, my bad is birth sucks. That's... <laughs> birth sucks whether you live or die one way or the other sucks there's nothing good about it okay i took a hypnosis class to try to tell me that it was warm hugs didn't work not a warm hug didn't work i saw youtube videos where people actually orgasm what yup there's a thing there is a thing people like very few but people orgasm how is that? How is that a thing? Oh, maybe the baby hits the right spot on the way down. I don't oh know. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, maybe the baby can find it, which men can't. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, but that don't that didn't happen for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, no. it definitely didn't happen for you. I'll tell you that. I bit people. You bit me. <laughs> I know, and I bit our doula. Uh, anyway, and then I mean, my, she didn't go full zombie, ladies and gents. Our hand, unfortunately, our hands, unfortunately, were, were in placed, the vicinity yes. of her mouth. Yeah, and I was biting the bed. I didn't have a stick. If this was like the old days, and I was out in the woods, I would have just bit a stick. stick. Yeah. I should have given was, you like a leather strap. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now I see why people bite things. Okay, so here's here's a tip. <laughs> gentlemen or ladies when your partner is giving birth keep your hands away from their mouths in whatever you in whatever way they're particularly if this birth is not medicated like mine yeah like if your hand is near their mouth watch out you gotta rethink that choice they may go zombie like me (laughs) but i loved renera's mooing essentially because she yeah. mu- she must have gone on youtube that actress certainly to get authentic because it, it wasn't like sounds. this big huge production no i mean uh, the it felt the, very authentic yeah the birthing of the child felt true to what birthing yeah, actually but is. It, but it sucked it, it so if it scared you that's real that's uh real. yes and then my great viserys mm-hmm. Oh. In what in what capacity? Oh, that man. He is such an optimist. <laughs> and I know he has to die soon. He's definitely... He has to. He is using the secret. He's like, everything is great. Oh I'm just so gosh. happy. Look at these boys playing together. This is what it's all about. Oh my gosh, Renera, you want to marry your kid to our kid? This is his, amazing. His gratitude journal oh. must be volumes I love long. seeing my grandson oh my gosh he has my son-in-law's nose isn't it great oh he is all about the optimism <laughs> that sweet little pudding of a man hey, what is what does his vision board look like that's the question I have for you Mary oh my gosh <clears throat> the, the the first off the big thing in the middle of the center yeah is family is everything. Okay? It's just big words. Family is everything. And then he actually has had his, um, he's had Eddard, his his stone carver person. Yes. Um, actually, who's also a great artist mm-hmm. with pen and paper. He's drawn pictures of Renera and Allison hugging. Oh, holding okay. hands. Are they lifelike or are they anime? Anime. Okay, yeah. Anime versions, yes. of course, because that makes it more happy with the big eyes. Yes. And the big smiles with like the stars <laughs> coming out of their eyes. <laughs> and then he has also pictured um, his his grandsons and his sons mm-hmm. holding hands. So dark hair, light hair, dark hair, light hair. <laughs> skipping. Skipping. Does he have an ornament with the whole family, but each each one has dark and light yeah, hair? Yeah, he went to the mall and he got the like bear version. You know the bear? So it's like the big yeah. bear is him so yeah. it says daddy mommy <laughs> princess and grampy and then son-in-law and then it's dark hair light hair dark hair light hair or light hair dark hair dark hair. yeah yeah, yeah. That's yeah. How it well because light hair is, is yeah. what counts most <laughs> that's what i'm just picturing is him with his vision board yeah he's got all all of the family tchotchkes so many tchotchkes not just the ornaments but you know the the ones with the character sitting on a couch <laughs> you know it's like bears it's like a figurine thing like th- th- but you keep it out all year long mm-hmm. it's not just like just ornaments they have things that you have all year long and you know how people will have like a pet he uh-huh. even has on the back of on the back uh, of his minivan just are, is the family <laughs> he stick stole he stole odd stole the words <laughs> literally out of my brain and instead of having the cat or dogs it's uh-huh. little dragons <laughs> And he includes his grandkids. My, 
my my grandson is a straight A student. Yes, at the Red Keep yes. School of of swordsmanship <laughs> at Sir Kristen's School of Swordsmanship. Yes, proud dad of an honorable student oh, of sword buckling, uh, proud grampy <laughs> of. Sir Kristen Cole's school. So he's my great. I I think he has all the bumper stickers, oh, all the tchotchkes. All over that carriage. That yes. carriage is just covered. You, it's, you know those cars that you see that you don't even see the color of the the color of the car anymore? It's just bumper stickers? Yes. That's that's King Viserys' carriage. And you know how there's like Fur Mom? He, oh, yeah. He's got Scale Dad. Scale Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Viserys, I know you're not long for this world, oh. but I love you, and you are my great because of your optimism. You know, Mary, you've come a long way in Viserys, and I'm so happy about that. I'm just, I, you know, I just got to give it to him. I got to do it before he dies, so I'm not like my dad. My great is the person who died. That's true. Good point. Yep. <laughs> By the way, what? It, with every episode... That guy is one step closer in turning into the Crypt Keeper. That, that guy. Slash Gollum. He's got Ooh, the same hairstyle as his Gollum. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, he's, he's missing his arm now. I mean, he's got problems. He has a I didn't notice it. You didn't see that? I was just so happy for him. I didn't even notice his physical limitations. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice. I was just so focused on his smile. How did he hold the baby? One arm. Oh, like a football. (laughs) Yeah, like a football. He just carried him. The football hold. Okay, Uh, how about you? What's your GPG? All right, so my good is the fact that um, there's a shot where... Renera is staring out the window and she has the baby and everything. And if you remember a couple of episodes ago, she says to um, the queen where she's like, listen, I don't want to end up in this castle, just pumping out babies, just and, and being stuck here. Like I want to live my own life. And implicit in that shot is that's what she ended up doing. And no matter what she has done, no matter how powerful she was or is as a character, she still had the same fate. And I find that fascinating. Mm. I just, I love that visual storytelling and I love, <clears throat> again, excuse me, my, my throat today. It's, it's in the morning, ladies and gents. We, we're recording this later than normal. So thank you for your patience. Um, but I just love the fact that the show is able to tell that story without actually telling it. It's able to show it to you. And um, again, this is what happens when you engage with a show. You remember those couple of things that were said uh, a couple of episodes ago, and now you have the same fate. And that shows you the journey that she has been on over these past 10 years or so. Uh, and despite where she, we all thought where she was going, she's, she still ends up uh, the same. And oh, man. Excellent stuff. Uh, I also have another good, and that is also a callback to earlier on in the season where Damon has to make the same choice that Viserys makes in the first episode. And he obviously Damon decides, listen, let's save my wife because that's what I want to do. And. I just I love the mirroring effect here because Damon decides let's save my wife and she chooses to take her own life. Well, she knows that the, that she can't be saved. That's what it comes down to. They can't save her. Well, yeah, so what right. they can do is potentially save the baby or they both die. Right, but I'm, what I'm saying is she chooses yes. to take her own life regardless, yes. right? She wants the dragon rider's death. Yes. Whereas Viserys makes the choice save the baby mm-hmm. and his wife Emma did not she like she put up a fight like she did not want that to happen yes and i just love the mirroring effect here and what that means for both men the choices that were made what that says about their wives and how that is going to affect what happens later on in the story Mm -hmm. so i really greatly look forward to what happens with damon after this episode so man my throat today my bad Lara Strong, I think, is a cool character. However, 
my sense for Lara Strong is that it went from zero to a hundred real quick. And I wish that there was like just somewhat of a middle point between, oh, hey, you know, let's gossip with the queen to then (laughs) I'm going to go kill my dad and my brother. So, yeah, yay. Like, I just wish like with middle finger. Middle finger, little finger. <laughs> why, the, why did I say middle finger? I don't know, but I'm with, here for it. Little with little finger, you got you knew that there was things chugging along here, uh, and when eventually, spoiler alert, he does to Ed, Edard, what he does to Ned Stark. When that happens, you were like, "Oh yeah, okay, I get that." With Laris, I don't get that feeling. I did the moment he was sitting down with the ladies at tea. Yeah, but that to me is different. That to me is just like you. That to me feels like that's his superpower where the planning and scheming and all that other stuff that seems to me to come out of nowhere. But like getting information and using that information Mm -hmm. that feels right to him. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. Uh, um, but the plotting and the scheming to kill somebody that feels, it, and it, it doesn't feel that it's not natural. It just feels like, again, zero to a hundred real quick. Like it's almost like they needed uh, a narrative villain. Mm-hmm. And this is the way to get to that. Um, and that is like, okay, Allison, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to be your bestie and I'm going to kill people for you without you even asking me. And we should be, we should fear him as someone uh, who is capable of doing that. But I, I don't know. It just, it felt like boom, rushed. Here it is. Okay. All right. My great though. Uh, my great obviously is the, the one shot scene of the birth. I mean, that, that one shot scene of the birth is spectacular. And not only is it the one shot scene of the birth, but it's also the, the trek all the way to the stairs. And then she looks up at the stairs and it's just like, fuck, (laughs) I love that scene uh, because it is, it shows us everything that we need to know. And that of course is the whole, the birth, what the birthing process is like, at least in this world. But more importantly, it shows you the determination of the character. It shows you the tension that exists between Rhaenyra and Alicent, the relationship shared between Lenor and uh, uh, Rhaenyra, everything. The whole thing is just, it is specifically and solely and purposefully focused on Renera as a character. Mm. And you know, these one, these one take kind of shots are really important because, you know, as we've always said, that's where a show or a film gets to flex their muscles a little bit. It's it, that's where it says, Hey, look at me. I'm awesome. And it does that for action or tension or thrills or, um, you know, something that is larger than of, of an emotion than what just multiple takes can give you. In this particular instance, my thought is reality. Like it, it never shies away from Renera because the whole process and the entire hmm, the entire fulfillment of what is happening has to be on Renera and the choices that she has to make knowing what's coming knowing what she's going to have to do mm-hmm. and that she will not let her child out of her sight because she's kind of scared maybe she's a little scared of what's going to happen to that child mm-hmm. and she's like nah if something's going to happen I'm going to be with it and maybe there isn't anything maybe Allison didn't have uh, any you know uh, plans or ideas to do anything to the child however <laughs> the fact that Renera thinks that shows you that something is going on and it shows you her just natural and complete and utter exhaustion Mm -hmm. from the birthing sequence. And it is spectacular. That one shot is uh, to me, it's probably the best thing the show has done so far. Agreed. In, in, yeah, I, I don't, 
I don't know what else the show has done that tops that yet. And I don't even know if anything comes close yet. So that is my thoughts. That's mm. my GBG. So are you ready for the small council feedback? I am. Let's do it. His grace has many cares. He entrusts some small matters to us that we might lighten the load. We are the lords of small matters here. All right, we got a bunch of voicemails. You ready for them? Yes, I am. All right, let's see what we got here. First one comes from Heather. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Heather Wilson calling from Silver Spring about episode five, Partings. Oh, nope. Sorry. That is for (laughs) that is for Rings of Power. Whoops. Made a mistake there, ladies and gents. Here's the real one. Hi, guys. It's Glow for House of the Dragon, episode six, giving it five flames. It was amazing from start to finish. That opening scene. Holy crap. A true testament to the strength and power of women. your cousin from Boston. There you go. Thanks, Gloria. In one long take. Did you notice that? I did. Was it terribly painful, he said? And look, the look she gave him. Oh, my God. Like, don't even do it. Now, I understand the 10-year time jump, but I still feel denied the chance to see Alicent and Rhaenyra grow into adults. I mean, all the actors are wonderfully talented, but I don't know why the showrunners made this decision. Um, I think Helena is a dreamer. Alicent is clearly no longer a pushover. She is very intense and kind of scary. I don't even want to talk about Sir Kristen. Oh my God, I hate him. But how is he even still there? Why wasn't he killed or at least banished? That's all I'm saying. My good was Renera and Lenore. I love their relationship. It seems like the healthiest one in King's Landing. Great. My bad is Laris. Um, all day, every day. And I think Otto, and I thought Otto was the first little finger. No. Laris is. He's a monster. Total right. D-bag. Yep, I agree. My great, not because I liked it per se, but because of what it meant. How good it was in every aspect and the fact that Leanna got to make the choice herself. She went out like a boss. Her own boss. And poor Vagar. Oh my god, he was so reluctant to kill her. Did you hear him whimper? He's like he didn't want to do it. Oh my god. I was really moved. And Damon, man, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Mary, I have a question for you, and I think it's the one that probably most of the fandom is um, debating right now. And that is, what are we doing with the time jump here? And did it work for you? Did you believe the characters? I mean, I know we talked about Lena and how you felt about her, but we do have some questions here for this large time jump, how certain people are recast, certain people are not recast. Tell me your thoughts, number one, about the uh, the actress, actresses and how they are and the other people that are have been recast. But number two, did it work? Yeah, I believed it all. I loved it. I love who they chose. I think they did a beautiful job. I think that the younger versions probably studied the older versions. I bet you they filmed out of order so that they could Ah, see the older versions acting, facial, tone, and then studied that. So that that way, I believed it very much so. And do you think there is... Do you think the show benefits from this large time jump or do you think it takes away from the large time jump? I like it. I think that the past 10 years otherwise would have just been a lot of the same, you know? So I think for us to now be put this far and to see the drastic difference of Allison and Renera and um, of what is just now expected and normal. Sure. Sure. Um, I've got a take on this. And it's a developing take, so bear with me as the the nerds down the hall have been working on this take for quite a while now, okay? You know, we all kind of fell in love with Rhaenyra, um, you know, and Alicent, the the younger actresses, and we kind of fell in love with how the show was portraying itself in the first five episodes. The chemistry that was involved, all of it, right? But I got the sense when I watched this episode that it's not about necessarily Renera and Alicent and that whole crew as we thought it was going to be, baby. Rather, <clears throat> and I know that this is this is relatively, you know, um, straightforward and, and kind of 
like obvious, but it's, it's not about one particular line of characters or one particular generation of characters. It, the show is going to be about multiple generations of characters. And I got this sense when Alicent is talking to Aegon and she says, everybody knows that you're going to end up being the king. And then I got serious crown vibes from all of it because the crown, the show in and of itself is about Yes, it's about the queen, but it's about all the other people around the queen's life and how they both help inform and dictate what the queen does and and vice versa. And having multiple people play the same roles or whatever, it shows you that it's not. It's an ongoing evolution and the show Regardless of whoever is playing Renera or Alicent or Lenor or whoever, it doesn't matter. The show is about the Targaryen line itself. It's not. Mm-hmm. We can't just focus on oh, Renera is the main character, or Hi guys, or or Alicent is the or Alicent is the main character, or whatever. No, it is the Targaryen line itself and how all of these people, as they grow older, are making choices and making decisions that affect the younger generation and you would think oh Alicent and Rhaenyra have learned from their fathers or whatever so they're not going to make the same choices yet they are and how those choices are going to help form the fight that is coming between their children Mm -hmm. so I, I recognize now that Let's not worry about who was recast and why and, and you know, if they work or if they don't or whatever. Does the story itself work as a result of the time jump? That is what matters to me. And I say, yes, I think it does because it skips all of the crap and gets us right to right to the meat we talked about rings of power <laughs> give me the meat and give it to me raw yes okay and that is that i think is what house of the dragon is doing albeit in a different way i don't think we've necessarily seen a show have these kind of time jumps in this style this many multiple times in one season and by the way we're in line for another time jump between episodes seven and eight i had no idea yeah i just i just read it the other day so it's 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 an interesting thing all right let's get to the next one mary blake it's pete from Chooksbury hey, in the pete. UK. Hey, pete. how are you mary and blake mary and blake hall of fame caller yes pete. speak I'm going to start off by saying, Mary, your dad is brilliant. Please set him up with a podcast of his own. (laughs) We could listen to that calming voice all day long. So I was blown away by episode five's wedding, just pure sensory overload and tension. I am missing, however, some of the early season humor that Game of Thrones had. In comparison, episode six felt really difficult to adjust to. We could have done without being plunged into yet another, another intense childbirth scene before very rapidly having to work out who the hell all the emotionally damaged kids were to go along with the emotionally damaged adults. For example, and let's try and get this straight, Damon and his wife Lena have two daughters called Raina and Bela. Yes. So that's Lena, Raina and Bela. <laughs> Why not throw in Ethelfled, Ethelhelm, Ethelwold <laughs> and Ethelred from The Last Kingdom as well to make it even more confusing? <laughs> I will need to rewatch the episode to get my head around it. And I suspect I'll be on Google trying to uh, work out who's who. Ultimately, I don't mind that. I'm very much into Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. But will the more casual viewer want to go to that effort? It would be a shame if instead episode six made them throw the towel in. Great job as always, you two. Love the podcasts. All the best, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Mary, Pete brings up a great question. Does the casual viewer give up do you think on all of this like it it's a lot like it's a lot i don't think so but it's hard from uh, i'm jaded not jaded but like you know well you're a nerd so like you're in yeah uh and i think maybe 
and I, well, I mean, this is a good question too. Does the casual viewer come to a, a podcast like ours or any of the other, you know, House of the Dragon podcasts that are out there? Do they come to podcasts to get more information and more clarity? That's Sometimes, the real question. But if they're just a casual viewer. Right. So like, that's why I'm asking. Does a casual viewer do that? No. What do you think a casual viewer does? Do they do they just watch and get confused and say? They watch it and if they're confused, they Google it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Hopefully, they're googling our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Pete brings up a great question. We got a lot of kids, so I thought, why don't we just go down the list of the kids right now, so that way, like, we understand who they are, right? First, we have. Um, Aegon Tar- Targaryen, who is Alicent's first child with the king, that is who we know is is uh, yanking his wanky uh, out the window, and he is actually played by David Tennant's son. Very cool. So uh, that is a good Harry Potter reference for you guys. You're a wizard, Harry. Uh, as uh, Barty Crouch Jr. Hashtag spoilers. Uh, the next one is. Helena Targaryen, she is the one that was playing with the centipede who seems to have be on some sort of like she she seems like she maybe she has some sort of autistic um, characteristics because she is really specifically focused on the centipede counting the legs and, you know, the whole thing. She seems like she is um, she seems like they're building that character for a particular purpose. Mm-hmm. And then we have Aemond Targaryen, who is also Alicent's child with uh, the king. Aemond is the one that was almost Dracarist into the planet by one of the other dragons because he does not have a dragon and they teased him with the pig who has wings and... Um, and uh, and is just he's getting picked on. Yeah. The next one is he's the one I think we need to watch out for. What do you mean? Oh, Amon. Yeah. Oh, how come? Because the kid who's bullied. Yep. Gets a lot of pent up frustration. Fair enough. I'm I, I I feel you on that one. All right. The next one is Jaceris Valerian. That is the firstborn child of Renera and Lenor, mm-hmm. uh, and that is the one that gets in the fight with Aegon. Uh, and that is at Sir Kristen's school of yes. <laughs> swordsmanship. Yes. And then the next one is Lucerus Valerian. He is the younger uh, child, the middle child of Renera and um, Lenor. And then the youngest one that was just born at the beginning of the episode is Joffrey Valerian, who is named after, uh, obviously, uh, Lenor's uh, original boyfriend. And... Uh, that's what it is. The next one is Bela Targaryen. That is the daughter, the firstborn daughter of Damon and Lena. And the next child is Reyna Targaryen, the second born daughter of Damon and Lena. So we have Reyna, Lena, and Bela, as Pete had pointed out. It's a lot. And not only do we have Reyna, but we have Rainis, Rainera, and Reyna now. So the, what do you think about all the similar names? And are we going to be able to keep it straight? That's that's the real question. No. <laughs> There's no chance. Absolutely right, Pete. Where is Ethel Helm? Ethel fled. <laughs> Aldhelm, <laughs> Aelflet, like the whole. Huh, if you're a Last Kingdom fan, by the way, go to marionblake.com or just search it on Apple Podcasts. Mary and I did a podcast for The Last Kingdom. It was a lot of fun. We did all five seasons. It was excellent. So those are all the children, Mary, just to go over that. All right, we got another uh, voicemail here. Let's go. Hey guys, it's Freen here. Afreen! My personal narrator of my life, Afreen. <laughs> oh, Afreen, it's great to hear you. Um, I'm leaving a voicemail about the sixth episode of House of Dragon. I think I can honestly say there is not a single episode of Game of Thrones that has enraged me as much as this episode. Wow. Um, I'm so sad that all the freaking characters that I gunned for in like the first 20 minutes of this episode just freaking died. (laughs) Um, Harmon Strong, basically actual positive male character, 
dead. The hand, basically the best hand Westeros has had, where he's actually like not self-serving and seems to be quite sensible, guide. And then Lena, badass woman. Also, what is up with these writers being absolutely obsessed with horrific childbirth scenes? <laughs> this needs, I'm like, is, is there like a woman on this writing team that is going to be like, guys, let's call it on this form of really quite traumatic visual horribleness really um i'm fairly certain there are people that have kids and are okay and the fact that like rhaenyra had what would be considered maybe like a positive birth story in the vein of this narrative because she didn't die um and they basically well so here's the deal ladies and gents when you call Mary and Blake Media, you get 90 seconds and you get cut off. That's it. You get 90 seconds and it's okay. However, because Afreen is my personal narrator of my life, mm-hmm. she's getting another one. So here you go, Afreen. Normally, you get one and that's it. Afreen gets two because she's special. I got cut off. Um, but yeah, basically, she still was not allowed any peace at the end of her labor. Um, but also... Just saying, I am really ready for Damon to come back to Westeros and get together with Rhaenyra. And they need to, like, mess up this Queen Alicent woman because if she rolls <laughs> her eyes one more time, I, like, I'm generally a pretty calm person. But basically, <laughs> I'm generally a pretty calm person. <laughs> you know what's coming next? Ain't great. <laughs> Everyone in this episode pissed me off. Also, I'm really intrigued by what the deal is with the whole rats running around in like, whenever there's an important scene, there always seems to be like this rat at the end of the episode running away. And I don't know if it's meant to be a sign of Viserys's reign just being like stanky and descending into crap. Or if it is like the creepy clubfoot guy, if he is doing some kind of warging into the rats and that's how he gets his bots. Um, I want to know what the deal is with the rats. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for podcasting. You're just awesome. And I'm really sorry for how aggy I've been in this voicemail, but uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> no problem, Afreen. Mary, let's let's answer Afreen's question. Your take what is your hot take on the on the rats, what they mean, what they are giving the story, and everything in between? Oh, I wish they could warg. That would be so cool. Warging. I don't think anyone else is magical right now. So I just see the rats as symbolism. That That's great, Mary. That is something that is excellent to point point out. Very little magic so far in House of the Dragon. And, and like very little mysticism so far in House of the Dragon. Whereas, you know, in the beginning of Game of Thrones, we are introduced to that pretty much right away. Um, Where's the nanny who's going to tell you all the spooky stories? Oh, old man telling yes. you <laughs> babies freeze in their mother's arms. <laughs> <laughs> I need an old man. Uh, you need an old man. Um, so, yeah, you think it's just symbolism for the rats at this moment. Right now I do. What do you think it is symbolizing for the rats, Mary? Um... Uh, is it a symbol of as Efreen said that it's the downfall of Viserys rule is it a symbol of as Efreen said stankiness is it a symbol of death and foreboding is it a symbol what do you what do you think uh, the show is is trying to say when it shows these rats um well first off just that there's dirty stuff going on because rats yes. are dirty and it's terrible. They carry disease. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a huge thing. Like, he is sick with a disease. Mm-hmm. And I also think that there's multiple people sneaking around that he is unaware of. Oh, I like this take. I like that. He just doesn't see. The, yeah. Or, better yet, he chooses not to see. Yes. Because the, the rats are 
they're not hiding necessarily. No, he sees one in I, this episode. But he, I'm, what I'm saying is he still chooses not to mm-hmm. see. Like, yes, he sees it, but he chooses not to. Yes. Um, and that, I think, is something that is also really important that happens in this show, too, which is the king is just he, he's kind of putting his head in the sand about all of this. And he's just like, okay, let's be happy. Where's my carriage with all my bumper stickers? Whereas everybody else is seeing this, seeing the stuff that is happening. And they're kind of all going along, but everything is bubbling up at the surface. And it's only going to take, I think, this, it's going to take something very small to break the veneer. You know, where, where the king is... Well, choosing not to see Allison is doing the very opposite. And I think that's that's a huge thing. You know, rats do whatever it takes to survive. Mm -hmm. Rats even can survive off of eating poop. Ugh! but I'm saying that because there are rats. There are people who are doing what it takes to survive. Yes. Including eating blood. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Things that we may, that we may, aka Viserys may never even comprehend. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Mary, you ready for your, uh, for your dad segment? Yes. Okay. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta get it up here because the kid, the, the, the freaking button ain't working. Hold on. Here it is. Hey, it's Mary's dad again. Uh, boy, what a week. This uh, week, episode six. So much happening. So many people uh, disappearing again, be, be getting killed off. Everyone except the king. The one person I thought would be gone <laughs> is still alive and kicking. Uh, it was really sad to see Layla get killed off. Lena, uh, it seemed like she was having a very stabilizing influence on Damon. He was almost becoming a regular family guy there. But uh, it's pretty impressive the way she went out. Laris, oh, my gosh, she's turned out to be the supervillain here, killing his brother and his dad in order to get in uh, better with the queen. And uh, I thought it was unfortunate that the queen decided to reject the proposal that uh, Rena put out there. I thought that was a pretty good idea. It was a way to settle the disputes between the families. Um but boy, the guy that uh, got me the most, the thing that I thought was the central event, was when the boys were dueling in the courtyard, and uh, Sir Kristen uh, was just showing all of his pent-up hostility mm-hmm. towards the princess by letting the queen's son uh, pummel the crap out of her kid. And uh, it, it was amazing that uh, the uh, Kristen... Um, oh, hang on one second. <laughs> it looks like he got cut off. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have another one from him, oh, so no, he didn't get a chance to what finish his thoughts. Time, just call back again, Dad. <laughs> just call back again, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you'll finish your thought. Yeah. But Mary, your dad brings up a great point, Sir Kristen. Suddenly, I don't think I've ever seen a character go from like a person who is widely loved and widely praised and widely lauded as Sir Kristen to within about five minutes being absolutely despised Mm. by an entire fandom. This guy went from zero to 100 in the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, Your thoughts on Sir Kristen and calling Princess Rhaenyra a see you next Tuesday. I mean... I loved when Allison was like, buddy, that's beneath you. Come Good on. Point. That's not how we roll. <laughs> um, I mean, because this has been a decade. Yeah. A decade. Ten years. Ten long years of like being mad and crabby at mm-hmm. her. And and then she basically upgrades to a bigger, taller, hotter um, night nicer yeah like she definitely has a type she definitely has a but type she got the upgrade she got the new iphone 14 <laughs> that is like josh groban on steroids Ver- verizon called you her and raise said me up oh i sure do i sure do oh that's what man. she said no oh <laughs> no you know what you're right 
You're 100% right. If I could find my button. You are slow right now. I am. It, like I said, it's the morning. I don't know. Where is my button? I don't. I don't oh, here it is. That's what she said. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so um, this character, Sir Kristen, I, I got to tell you, man. The, the, the road he's been on has been a bumpy one. And uh, we're seeing the results of that right now. And Sir Harwin, however, after, by the way, picking Princess Rhaenyra up at the wedding and just carrying her out, like wherever they, he took her to, he obviously swept her off of her feet right then and there. And he and I love that the show doesn't come out and say it, but it shows it to you right away. And even Allison with that burn, the straight up burn of the century on uh, Lenor. She's like, do keep trying, Sir Lenor. Hopefully one will come out looking like you (laughs) at some point. Oh, my goodness gracious. That was a burn for the ages. Um, I, I love that the show makes you try to figure it out and again in the same in the same vein the show tries to make you figure out the time jump there's no you know lower third that says 10 years later there's there's nothing that tells you okay this is that far into the future you just have to put it all together and again the show has been going on without you while you've been, you know, in your homes doing doing your own work and you know cooking dinners and everything, the show has gone on, and you just happen to see a version of what it wants to tell you yeah. at that time. And I love, I love that the show just refuses to give in to normal tropes, and it refuses to give in to what we would think is a natural narrative that would do you know that would that would best sure serve our purposes as an audience i get why some people are uncomfortable with the time jumps but i think as we said mary it's given us the meat and it's given it to us pretty raw here uh tell me your thoughts about sir harwin are you in on sir harwin even though he's dead are you like do you like him? Do you not like him? What's the Oh deal? my God. I'm in love with him. As I said, he essentially looks just like Josh Groban, but one who's taken the Gaston, you know, five <laughs> dozen eggs for breakfast every morning to help me get strong uh, diet. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Um, I think he's a great father figure, even though the kids don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think what else. Yeah, I, I think he cares for... Uh, Princess Rihanna because um, you know he's the one that rescues her during the wedding he's the one that goes in when there's the big mob with Sir Kristen Cole beating up Joffrey he's the one that dives in and rescues her they obviously have a bond with each other I just love Sir Harwin I'm sad he's gone I'm a fan I would have I would have that would have been the soldier that I would have wanted to tap to. <laughs> um, I bet he has a great singing voice, just like Josh Groban. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> even though every one of the Josh Groban songs sound the same. It's the same song. Nope. It's just different words. Nope. It's all the same song. Um, the person that we really haven't talked about, Mary, is Damon in this episode. And... One of my favorite scenes that this show has done so far also was in this episode, and that is with Damon. And that is when Lena goes to see him and she says, what are we doing here? Like, you you can't possibly take this guy's offer of helping him out because he's in Damon and Lena are in Pentos, right? And mm-hmm. there has been a, a, a new version of the triarchy where they're trying to take over the whole area again, but with a partnership from the, the Martells in Dorne. So we began the show with the triarchy trying to take over the stepstones with the crab feeder. It didn't work. Damon puts it down. They retreat back to the back to their area. They f- come up with a new 
plan uh, the Triarchy does. And now the people in Pentos are looking for Damon to once again put the Triarchy down. And they offer this to him and you and they say, you can you can have everything that you need here in Pentos. Just give us a hand. Damon is the one that is considering this. But recall that he went to Pentos and he went to this area to get away from Westeros and from all the stuff that happens in the Westerosi politics. But Lena does this thing where she says she recognizes that Damon's kind of full of crap. Mm-hmm. He's full of crap because as she walks into that room, she sees him pouring over those stories and pouring over uh, the histories of Westeros and the Targaryen family. And I love, 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 love this scene because it shows you. Uh, it, again, it shows you <laughs> the um, the kind of person and the 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 contradictory nature and almost that self-loathing nature that Damon has um, about himself. And then when he's, you know, he's probably had a couple of too many fire whiskeys uh, <laughs> on the roof. He, you know, he again continues that that vein of self-loathing. Like, it's just I love what they're doing with Damon as a character. And what did you think, Mary, about how they handled that and how they handled the relationship between Damon and, and Lena, Damon and Lena? And what do you believe them as a couple? And do you think that they were a happy couple? Oh, my gosh. I loved, loved, loved this relationship. I mean, first and foremost, he's not like cut my wife open to see if there's a boy in there. I yeah. mean, that was beautiful. Um, she. I, I did. I really enjoyed. I think that this is the healthiest relationship that Damon's had. Mm-hmm. Out of all the people I've seen him interact with. And yes, he they want different things. The, you know, she wants to leave. He wants to stay. But uh, disagreements like that do happen in marriages, right? Like not everybody is hunky-dory all the time. Lena saying, I'm not the person that you would have wanted, but we are what we are. But they're not fighting about it. They're not like yelling at each other. You didn't even want me. You know, it's, um, it's as hell. When they're riding on their dragons and laughing at each other, you yeah. know that there's, it may not be his perfect match but is there one for Damon I think not but they do seem to enjoy each other they do seem to balance each other out really well yep uh, lastly Mary I do want to I want to call out the fact that how did Lena get out of the birthing scene like how did she leave that room and just kind of just walk away with with all the blood pouring down and like nobody mm-hmm. was like hey Lena why don't you sit down why don't we chill out here yet she walks out to Vagar by the way Vagar the dragon is the dragon that she talks about as a child with Viserys yes so I, I just find that amazing that Vagar was found and that Vagar does bond with her when she's 15 she she makes sure she finds it yes absolutely Absolutely. So I, I just love that. beautiful woman. But she goes out to Vagar and she says Dracarys and he doesn't want to do it. The, the dragon doesn't. But like, how did nobody stop her? <laughs> she was going to die anyway. I know, but don't you feel like that is... She some- probably looked at them and said, I don't even want to be here. Let me go walk. And the guy said, I've done everything I could. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Say, no, you can't go for a walk. She didn't say, I want to go get burned to a crisp. Thank you very much. But she just probably said, leave me alone. I want to walk. And they thought this is her last wish is yeah. to go for a walk. If nothing else, maybe gravity helps. Mm-hmm. So I think she just said, I want to go by myself. And how does she physically do it? Don't mess with the determination of a woman. Good point. That's all I got to say. Good point. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about in this episode, my darling? <sighs> I find it very interesting that not all of the eggs hatch, that only like half of them hatch. Yes. Because, you know, I'm wondering, are any of these eggs that are not hatching ones that Daenerys ends up getting? Oh, I love this idea. I thought about that, too. I'm so glad you brought it up. That is such a cool idea. Mm. 
And then the second thing I wanted to make sure we thought about is that Renera, when she tries to go over here, what's happening between the two strongs, the father and son? Oh, you're bringing disgrace. Blah 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 blah. She goes out through that secret passageway yes. that we saw her go out as a kid, and yes. I thought that that was a really neat thing. And also, one of the other things too, they show a scene with Laner and um, Renera as she's carrying the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's walking down the same hallway where she had that confrontation with Rainus, where she's like, this is the order of things and yes. you're going to do that. And she's carrying the baby to the queen. I just, again, everything has a purpose mm-hmm. or at least Mary and Blake media commandment. Everything should have a purpose. So there's a reason why they're showing this hallway outside where they have this conversation or confrontation between Rainus and Renera. It gives you a stuff. good concept of where you are. Yes. And just the, the natural, subtle unspoken stuff between you know between characters theme work and uh where they where the characters are really like that yes all right uh who are you rooting for mary and who is the bad guy i am let's see i'm rooting for renera actually princess renera i'm here you know i think that that what they did having us be in her perspective during such a difficult experience you know birth and then having to walk around i think right then and there we were told by the director this is whose team you need to be on Yes, fair this enough. This is who you need to feel bad for. Um, you know, she is being treated poorly and she's trying to do nice things and, and do a little mea culpa. So I think we are being told finally, <laughs> this is who you want to root for. Okay. And who do I think is the bad person? I mean, obviously, Lara Strong. Like, yeah. golly, get out of here. <laughs> All right. Who am I rooting for? I am. Here's the thing. I am rooting for, um, I'm going to root, I'm going to root for Vigiseris Valerian, the eldest. Oh, uh, Jace. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for that child. I mean, good luck. You're not going to win. My sense is that he is going to be playing a big role in what's coming down. And because of Sir Harwin and all the stuff that Sir Harwin represents, at least to uh, to us as as viewers, I think there's only going to be that's good that comes from Jace. Okay, that's my sense. You know, I've been taught by Game of Thrones. <laughs> good point. The bad guy. This is the bad guy, Aegon. Aegon Targaryen. I mean, from from how we seen him. Uh, he, again, Gangan is wanky. Uh, out the window not a good look not a good look and it's only going to get worse he, he's got some weird things going on going to be a bad dude you know who's got some weird things going on who's his that? sister yeah it's going to need to lose another eye <laughs> she might be Malva weird she might warg <laughs> that's true warg into bugs good point good point I like that idea I'm here for you it. You never know. So that's my bad guy. That is that. All right, Mavin, you ready to close this out? Sure am. Let's do it. for taking the time to check on out this podcast sharing is caring you can take a screenshot of this podcast and pop it on your social media walls or even in your stories and feel free to tag us at Mary and Blake Media and we might be able to reshare and give you a shout out you can leave us a rating and review um, the written ones are the best particularly in Apple Podcasts whether or not that's how you listen to it that is the biggest way that people are going to be finding yes. our podcast and Mary someone did answer your banner call on on uh on the podcast app let's see if i could find it here hold on real quick because i gotta i gotta make sure i see this i, I want because someone did answer the banner call i want to make sure it gets it gets read and it comes from jj4852 it says answering queen mary's banner call your grace i have thoroughly enjoyed your posts to the masses your conversation and viewpoints have increased my enjoyment of how to uh, of how to train your dragon house of the dragon i hope that your father continues to call in with his takes my lord earl please know that when you give your daughter laughter it spreads to all of us everywhere and mary even though we did someone someone did answer your call yeah we do have another bad review oh no <laughs> all smoke no flame oh this one comes from use for church I was I was able to get halfway through before 
turning this podcast off. Aww. House of the Dragon premiere review, for the House of the Dragon premiere review. Lots of complaints about how their premiere didn't grab them or impress them. And the subtext is they liked Game of Thrones better. And that's fine, but at least have some analysis to illustrate your rationale. Case in point, Mary complains there is a gratuitous sex scene and cited the brothel scene. But why not explain what the sex took away or failed to add to the scene? Or how was a distraction? And why does Blake continue to reinterpret what Mary says? Lastly, when he started to downplay Rhaenyra's selection as crown princess, I gave up. Why do I continue to reinterpret what my wife says? Because that is what's called a conversation. <laughs> so thank you everybody who was able to write a positive review. We truly appreciate you. And we do we do in fact appreciate the negative reviews too because you know what? At least you took the time to review us and you're listening. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> On that note, friends, that uplifting note. My name's Mary. Go out and review us again. My name is Blake. Review us like you're Viserys, okay? Yeah. I want you to look at those reviews like they are your grandson and you're pretending that there's a different nose on it. I want you to drive around in your carriage with your little stick figure dragons. Yeah. <laughs> my name, oh, we already said Mary. We already did. We already did the names. Dracaris. We should say it like a Rhode Islander. Dracaris. 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 Dracaris, yo. Dracaris. <laughs> it's not even like a D, it's a J. Yeah, Dracaris. Dracaris. <laughs> hey, Vega. Yeah. Hey, Vega. Hey, Vega. Yeah. <laughs> Vega, you're wicked big. Yeah. This shouldn't take too long. Just get the wicked big, big flames. Vega. Vega. <laughs> Vega. Wake up. Oh my God, he's wicked old. Vega. The alarm's going off, Vega. Vega, I'm done. Okay. Can we go to the, can we go to Dunks? Please. <laughs> Dracarys. Can you heat up my coffee? Dracarys, Vega. Here's my Siggy. Oh my can, God. Light Vega. my Siggy for me. Oh. <laughs> Come on, we're going to the backy, Vega. It's jabroni. We, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go get some Jacarys. Sammies. Oh, man. Your cousin from Boston. <laughs>